Yo, bro, how you doing, bro? Uh, what's up, bro? Sorry about that. We lost the connection last time. I apologize. Nah, it's all good, bro, but are you ready to get started? Yeah, let's hit these topics. All right, bro. You guys are listening to Swoop Radio with Josh and Dante. Yes, sir. And, man, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about some basketball. We got to talk about some football. I know the Phillies have had something with Jake Arrieta. Yep. Yeah, I, yep, I know. I know. We'll get the baseball maybe towards the end. That's if we have enough time. But we're going to start. Do you want to start with the NFL or do you want to start with the uh, NBA? Let's start with the NBA, bro. Um, So we talked about the Rockets and the Trailblazers game last night. Uh, did you watch the game? Yep, I watched the game. It was a great game from start to finish. It was a great game. It was a great game. Yes, it was from start to finish, Um, especially the way uh, the Rockets were able to close out the game because Portland was just – they were just going back and forth all all night. The whole game, they was going back and forth. Um, Yeah, yeah, and And coming into the game, Portland was on a 13-game win streak. They haven't lost since the All-Star break. I know. It's, it's, it's been crazy. I mean, and we could say the same thing for Portland. I mean, not for Portland, for the Rockets. They won 20. They have won now since they won last night. It was 23 out of the last 24 games they won. Yeah, I know. And it was literally, I, in my opinion, I thought it was the two best teams right now going at it. But, I mean, obviously we know Golden State has had their injuries with Curry, Durant, Thompson, and Green. But, honestly, if you want my honest opinion about what the Golden State's doing – I feel like what they're doing is I feel like they're conceding the number one seed and, and, and they're finding ways to make excuses for their players to rest up for the postseason. I just have a gut feeling that's what they're doing. I mean, uh, you may be right. Who knows? I mean, there's only, there's only three sides to it. You know, there's always, you know, one side, the other side, and then the truth. So we really don't know what's going on there. But, I mean, I could, I could justify what you're saying. I, I can, you know, understand where you're coming from. And if it is true, I think it's, I think it's bad for the NBA. I know. I, I feel. I feel like like they're not going to get caught with it because like, I mean they have a legit excuse like they're injured. Right. But I feel like the injuries are not as severe as what they're making because I mean we saw this team go seventy three and nine a couple of seasons ago and we saw them in the postseason they looked tired they looked out of gas because they were trying to get the record mm-hmm. so I feel like what they're doing now is I feel like they're just trying to like make like extend their injury time so then by playoff time because I mean they're they're a lock for one or two. That's and that's how it is in both conferences, the East and the West. The top two seeds are a lock, pretty much. The top two, you already know what the top two are going to be for each conference. It's just three through eight in the East and three through ten in the West. We don't know yet. Yeah, the West right now is a uh, is uh, it, it, it's always changing. Like every day is like there's a new seeding every day. There's a new team and a different seed every day. And it, I think the West is a lot is getting very intriguing. You know we. It's kind of weird because it's like the first time we haven't really like seen the Rockets. I mean, not the Rockets, the Spurs as a top three team for a while. And it's kind of weird, you know, like looking at the top three teams and it's like we already I pretty much you nailed it. We were going to pretty much see the same two teams like we've seen almost the last two years in the Rockets and the Warriors. And then it's normally the Spurs right there within that top three seating. But now it's just look, it's like what, what happened to the Spurs? I mean. Is it really like this dramatic? I mean, if Kawhi Leonard was to leave, do we see the end of a dynamic of a dynamic organization that's really ran the league the last twenty years? Yeah, no, and I, I can, I definitely see what you're coming from. I completely agree. I feel like if Ka- if Kawhi Leonard leaves, 
in the free agency or if he leaves. I know because I know he's not a free agent this up and coming off season. I know. Uh, I know. I I know he's close to being a free agent, but I don't know if it, I don't know if he's going to be unrestricted this year. But I I feel like if he leaves, I feel like this is the end. I feel like if I'm Greg Popovich, I would retire, or trying trying to find a different team or a different different atmosphere. Because I mean, I mean, he's been coaching for a while, and I believe he's like top five in, in all time coaching wins or something like that. Yeah. So I mean, so I mean, this guy's had sustained excellence for the longest time, and. And I, I agree with you're, what you're saying. If Kawhi leaves, I feel like this is the end of the Spurs because they're not attracting any free agents at all. And, uh, at and all. I think and we've I think already had talks, but um, pardon me, we already had we've already heard reports and talks of uh, Lamarcus Aldridge wanting to leave. Yeah, I know he wants out too. So it, this is pretty much it in San Antonio. If it all depends on one player, Kawhi. If he stays, the Spurs remain good. If he goes, it's going to be rough. So um, that that's my honest opinion with the whole Spurs thing. I completely I, I agree, mean, bro. Yeah, and, and speaking of like the Spurs, the Patriots in the NFL, we're seeing a lot of players on the Patriots walk. We saw Deion Lewis leave. We saw Damian Mandola leave. We saw their offensive tackle, who is very Nate underrated. Solder. He's mm-hmm. yep, he, he's going to the Giants. Yeah, everyone everyone's leaving New England right now. I mean, I know he just got a. Uh, I think they got Claiborne from the Falcons. Yeah, they did get Adrian Claiborne, but let's not forget on the defensive side of the ball, they lost um, what's his name? Uh, the cornerback. I forget his name. Oh yeah, Butler. Malcolm yeah, they Butler. lost Malcolm Butler. I, I mean, we're talking about players that really had made an impact on this season for this team, and I get the point where you know people, uh, you, Patriots fans are going to make well. Tom Brady makes everybody better. Tom Brady's this and that. That's fine, but. Tom Brady, you know, a lot of these players did make their name on their own with Tom Brady being their quarterback. I mean, we've seen, you know, if everybody wants to, let me just use this as an example. If everybody wants to make the case Tom Brady makes everybody better, what happened to uh, Mike Gillisley? I mean, is I mean, he came in to be the touchdown dependent back as a, uh, to, um, he was supposed to replace LeGarrette Blunt. He had, but two good games. That was that. You know, and, you know, if you ask me, they lose the best running back they've had in a while. I mean, I understand they had LeGarrette Blunt, but Deion Lewis was, I mean, they're pretty much most dynamic back we've seen the Patriots have maybe almost in the last decade. You know, yeah, when, no, when, when Corey yeah, Dillon. Yeah, I mean, since Corey Dillon left, they really haven't had a premier running back. And I understand, you know, we had LeGarrette Blount fill that void. They, they, they've had LeGarrette Blount fill that void and whatnot. But it seems to be Deion Lewis was one of their most consistent backs they've had in a while. And losing that is going to be a big piece. Yep, I know. And I, I completely agree. I feel like I, – I honestly think this is the end of the Patriots too. I mean, I, I feel like once Brady – I because, mean, I mean, Brady's at 40 right now. And I know that he's playing – he's coming off of a 500-yard performance in the Super Bowl. But you guys, like the Patriots, they need to start thinking about the future. I know they had a future with Jimmy G at quarterback. But now that he's in he's now that he's in San Francisco, there's, there's some concerns about the future of the Patriots. And I feel like once Brady leaves, we're not going to see the Patriots be good for a long time. Yeah, and I mean, once I believe once Tom Brady leaves, Bill, Pel- Bill Belichick is – 
You know, that's like that's let's let's like rice and beans. And like you said, you hit it on the point. They had their future quarterback. They had him and you know, reports went around. Tom Brady didn't want him there. I guess Tom Brady knew that Jimmy G staying it he knew exactly what time it was and you know, it's time versus Tom. That's exactly you know, they got that whole documentary out, Time versus Tom. Or Tom versus Time, whatever the whatever the name of it is and that's exactly what it is now. I mean, how much time does Tom Brady actually have? You know, and it's like, if I was the Patriots, I would have never actually went and traded Jimmy G for the simple fact is that they don't have a backup quarterback for the future. And you had that, but you decided to let him go because Tom Brady said so. Well, last I checked, Tom Brady isn't the, Tom Brady isn't the owner. Tom Brady isn't the coach. Tom Brady isn't the GM. He doesn't run player personnel. So now you jeopardized your future. And it's all of a case of what now? What's going to happen next? What are they going to go and draft a quarterback where they have no idea what, what to expect out of him yet? So now it's like, you know, I see the Patriots put them put themselves in a hole for Tom Brady. And, and I, see the, I see this is going to be pretty much if you ask me if Tom Brady doesn't win this year, it's going to be the end of Tom Brady. And now you jeopardize your future. Yep, yep, and and you made a good, you made a great point. I mean, I I can't disagree with you at all. I completely agree. In terms of Tom Brady, I feel like he might have one two seasons left. We're seeing Drew Brees have one two one or two seasons left. He signed a two year deal, mm-hmm. and and we're we're trying we're starting to see a transition now and a change in the quarterback. We were like I know all, all my my whole life growing up, I was seeing Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Drew Brees, and now mm. we're seeing all these guys leave. Eli Manning is getting old. <coughs> we're seeing Carson Palmer; he just retired. Even though I wasn't, I was never really a fan. But all these quarterbacks that we saw growing up, they're now retiring, and now the new guys: Wentz, Wilson, Luck when he's healthy, um, and others. Uh, Carr. We're we're seeing all these new quarterbacks now come up, come in. Dak Prescott and others. And we're starting to see a change in the NFL quarterback. And and I, I'm excited for it. And no, knowing that we have, out of all of them, one of the best quarterbacks on our team in Carson Wentz, the new one up and coming. It all, we just have to wait and see how he plays coming off of an ACL tear. I know there's been a video of him throwing with the knee brace. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Carson Wentz wearing a knee brace? I'm one of those fans that say even when healthy – I believe you should always wear a knee brace from here on out. Yeah, but how do you um, I feel can't, about that? I can't disagree. I mean, if the knee brace is really going to help him support that knee and, and, and you know, help him moving forward, I, I, I say don't take it off. Um, and Actually, the video just shows, you know, a great sign of his recovery. It's, he's actually moving in the right direction. Regardless if he's going to start week one or not, it's a great, you know, it's a great sight to see him. Actually, you know, back on the field, you know, getting his footwork back and, and actually, you know, maneuvering around a little bit. I mean, it's still going to be a struggle because you still have, you know, a, a t- you tore his, what did he tear, his LCL and his MCL or ACL, one of, the, one of the three. It was two of them actually he actually tore. Yep. And, you know, to see him maneuver that way, it's kind of enjoying, it's kind of a great feeling to see because once he gets back in the game action with that knee brace, it might slow him down a little bit. And, you know, we always have, you know, 
drills and, 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 you know, stuff like that to help with your footwork and, and, you know, ways to, you know, get, get out the pocket quick enough and stuff like that, et cetera. But in actual, in actual game speed, game time speed, you, you make awkward movements all the time. You know, there's things that, you know, you know, like for instance, you know, we see the Russell Wilson when he's when he's at his best, or Rogers, or or even Carson Wentz that he's proven led the last season. You make awkward movements. You make movements that you're not practicing. There's movement. There's there's times when you have to do something that's a little discombobulating to your body because you don't practice that stuff in drills. That stuff just comes naturally, and we see yes, with yes. Wentz, it comes naturally to him. So. You know, the my big question is, can he continue that awkward movement? You know, the awkward, the awkward steps, or you know, um, getting out the pocket real awkwardly, and you know, making awkward movements with your body. And it's not even just your lower body; it's also your upper body as well. You know, so my question is, is that knee brace going to hold him back, or is he going to take it as you know, I got the knee brace, but I'm still going to go out and play my type of football. That's my that's the biggest question if you ask me. But besides that though, it's great to see him actually get back on the field, but regardless of his turf, grant, whatever the case may be, he's back on the field, he's throwing, you know, he's moving like I said, he's off the, he's actually off the um the, the, the king that he was given and he had he had during the uh the Super Bowl and our playoff run. You can see him actually off of it. Now it's like it's actually warming to see this. And especially, you yeah. know, taking an injury back in week 13. I mean, we've had multiple doctors come and say, he's not going to be ready by week one. You know, we've had other doctors say, since they don't know the severity of the injury, and if it's severe as, you know, others are making it, he's not going to return to mid, uh, what is that, mid-October, November. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be, what, what would that be like? Ooh, anywhere from week six to week eight. I mean, it, it's it's all, you know. But then again, it's it's if you ask me, it all in it's all in the mindset, it's all in his body, it's all in the preparation, and I believe Carson Wentz is just you know he has all of that. I mean, I th- I personally think that at some point, regardless if he's going to start week one or not, he would not be wearing that knee brace. <laughs> I mean, I mean as long as long as. If he can find a way to play with a knee brace without it adjusting his game, then I'll take that. I want any extra protection on those knees <laughs> because I don't. Want, I don't want anything to go wrong with Carson Wentz next season. He is. He has the potential to be a star in this league, mm-hmm. and we saw how he played last. Well, season. well, I'm gonna have to cut you short there because I believe you know he's at the point he's proven enough where he is a star in this league. He is gonna be that future one in a. I'm not going to say generational quarterback because we don't know if he's able to provide that type of talent yet. But we're talking about a franchise quarterback who, and I re, and I absolutely agree with what Doug Peterson said. If he would have stayed healthy, he would have been MVP. He would have took it to the Super. He would have took us to the Super Bowl, and we would have won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he's that type of franchise quarterback where he can hang around ten, twelve, maybe fifteen years. Who knows? And if he's that generational quarterback, it's like Tom Brady type thing. He's going to last those 20 years. <laughs> yep. And as an Eagles fan, I'm excited. Like, like It's making me excited just talking about it. Exactly. But, of um, course. And there's plenty to be excited about when you hear his name, Carson Wentz. I mean, from you know his rookie season to, to last season, 
you know, is there's a lot to be excited about. Yep, and and speaking of another team in the uh, in the NFL, uh, my Super Bowl pick this year it might be surprising, but I, I might I'm going to pick the Houston Texans. Oh, of course, and, of course, of course, of course. And who who and, and who they just got? They got a couple. They got a couple linemen. They're sort of doing what the Eagles did last season in terms of their offensive line. They added a couple depth linemen mm-hmm. just in case of an injury happens, and then they got a new safety in Tyron. Matthew, how do you feel about him going to the Texans? Um, listen, I believe that the Texans are the biggest threat right now to the New England Patriots. On paper, they look like a Super Bowl team, a Super Bowl caliber team. Um, just just to backtrack, Deshaun Watson, your favorite quarterback coming out of college, yep. he came into the league, underestimated it. I mean, underestimated. Nobody wanted him. Everybody was saying, you know. XYZ was going to be better than him. BS. Came in. I think he took over week two. Completely dominated. Unfortunate injury. It happens. Look at Carson Wentz. Unfortunate injury. But these type of players will bounce back. Deshaun Watson will bounce back. And it's even going to be even more scarier now that you have Deshaun Watson coming back. You still have DeAndre Hopkins. You still have Will Fuller on the opposite side. You still have Lamar Miller. Now, if you ask me, Lamar Miller will be leaving sometime soon. One second. He will be leaving one time soon. Well, sometime soon, pardon me. And the biggest threat to the to to to, to the Steelers will be the Houston Texans in signing Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. You add him there, you're adding Deshaun Watson as he is already there. You got DeAndre Hopkins, like I said, you got Will Fuller on the opposite side. Now, let's flip the script on the opposite side of the ball. You have arguably the best defensive player in all of football that we've seen in the last generation in J.J. Watt. You line up opposite of him. You have, um, what's his name? Uh, Jadavian Clowney. You add, you know, they they have, the the linebacking core isn't all that good, but it's not it's not hard to go and sign a linebacker in the go and draft one because linebackers come and go. Yep. Now you add Tyron Matthew, who's a playmaker, a ball hawk. He he'll line up against your best receiver, put him shut him down. Now you're adding, you know, it's it's just extra fuel to an already good team. And that's what's scary. Because we're we're I mean, we've seen a glimpse of what this team can be. And what this team can do. And we're still talking about the Houston Texans who almost beat New England last season. One play away from beating them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was just another case of, you know, Tom Brady. Tom Brady did what Tom Brady does. He went down the field. Let's not forget, Houston was was leading the New England Patriots with about, what, three minutes left before Tom Brady went down and scored a touchdown. It was a touchdown pass, I want to say, was to Brandon Cooks on the side of the end zone. Yeah, it was. You're right. You know, it's just something that's that simple. You know, this, and we let's not forget, two seasons ago, Houston Texans did make the playoffs and almost beat the New England Patriots. Let's not forget that, people. They were, what, two? If if you want to connect on those two plays, I want to say was Will Fuller dropped one touchdown pass he was all alone. He dropped it right in between his arms. He catches that. There's a different atmosphere. There's a different ball game. 
Okay. Now you're adding Deshaun Watson to the mix. And on the defensive side, you're going to get your best defensive player and arguably the best defensive player throughout the all of NFL. And you're going to add Tyron Matthew. Let that sink in and, let, and let, let's see what's going to happen. And I'm going to repeat this again. Le'Veon Bell and Houston Texans, I want to see that. I, I wonder if there's going to be some mutual interest there moving forward. Because can you just imagine Deshaun Watson with Le'Veon Bell Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins on one side of the football. Oh my God, that's that's freaking unbelievable. <laughs> and and right now, like in terms of cities, right now on top of the sports world, you have, in my opinion, as we're talking about, you have Houston and you have Philadelphia right now. If you look at all the Houston teams, you have the Astros that won the World Series. Mm-hmm. You have the Texans that are young and upcoming, and then you have the Houston Rockets, who are the number one seed in the NBA and speaking of them Rockets is James Harden your MVP Uh, yes yes James Harden Um, James Harden will be MVP this season Um, he was my MVP last year and he's then again he's going to be MVP to me this year but this year he's officially going to win it Um, I see the closest player to him will be LeBron but, you know, we all see it, you know. MVP always goes to the, to the best player throughout the league, but the best player with the, with the best winning record. And the Rockets have the, the, hot, the best record in all, of the NBA, in all of the NBA right now. James Harden, he's playing completely lights out. What did he have, 40 points last night? Yep, he had 42 points, 7 assists. See, so uh, I'm, I'm not I'm, – hands down – James Harden's MVP. All right. Do you have any sleeper teams in the Western Conference and Eastern Conference? I can name two right now that I think are considered sleepers. Um, are we going? Uh, you see, you want two sleeper teams from both conferences? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just one from each conference, like team, like 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 these are the teams that people like overlook at day. Um. Trying to think, and they over and they never talk about. They're very underrated. Uh, well, from the West, um, well, it's kind of. I mean, there's a lot of teams in the West that I can consider, you know, sleeper teams. You know, we still have the Denver Nuggets out there. We have the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, but I mean, I'm gonna stick to the Wolves on the West. Um, they have a lot of scores there. Um, I would say their biggest problem is defense. Um, if they could pull their defense together, and um, you know, supposedly Jimmy Butler, you know, he's gonna come back for the playoffs. Um, if he can do that, I can see this this Timberwolf team making a push in the playoffs. But in the East, I mean, if they can pull it together and you know play, you know, play better fundamental basketball. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Sixers. Um, there's no biasness involved. But um, if you ask me, the Sixers is a team right now that in the East that can go night in and night out and give you competition. But they have to stick to the fundamentals. Um, if they just limit their turnovers and stick to the fundamentals, they'll be fine. You know, as we've seen maybe a week or two ago, we played the Pacers here at home in Philly, 
We've had 24. We had 24 turnovers that game. But if you look at it, we only lost by three with 24 turnovers. If you limit that down to at least eight turnovers, like if you take away eight turnovers, you'll be 16 turnovers. That's eight possessions. You never know what could happen within those eight possessions. Yep. And I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. So if the I mean if the Sixers could stick to fundamental basketball and limit their turnovers and one more thing, if Ben Simmons can play aggressive, then yes, I'm gonna go on and let me say this. The Sixers will make a deep playoff push. But they have to have those three things fall in place. Limit turnovers, fundamental basketball, Ben Simmons be aggressive. Be aggressive. If he's aggressive, yes, if he's aggressive, he's unguardable. Minus the jump shot. Minus the jump shot. But but the moment he starts starts playing soft, then we're in trouble. That's what I have to say about that. That's good. And I'm I'm going to go in a little bit of a, a different direction in terms of the um, Eastern Conference. My sleeper team is going to be the Indiana Pacers. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I have them as my sleeper team is because a lot of people don't really talk about them. And, I mean, they, only, they do have a – they have an up-and-coming star in Victor Oladipo, who was a first-time All-Star this year. And he and he looked really good. And, and their defense is very underrated. They really lock you down defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, they rank second in the NBA in – defensive efficiency since the all-star break and this team comes in night in and night out and they challenge a lot of teams defensively mm-hmm. now do i now I, I could see this team possibly winning the first series i i can see that and and that's the reason why i call them a sleeper team is because a lot of people think that this team is just going to be a first round bus and they and they could be a first round bus but they're, they're definitely my sleeper team they could they have the talent to get out of the first round and give a good run for another team, but they don't get talked about that much. That's that's why I have them as my sleeper team. If they got talked I, about I, more, I wouldn't care. I can completely agree. Um I'm not gonna I'm gonna go on and say this. Um it's not a I'm I'm it's, 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 it's you know some people would like to say, yeah, okay, but you know, the Pacers were my number two sleeper team if we had to go, you know, two teams at the East. The Pacers mm-hmm. would be my second team to pick. Um, Aladipo. If you ask me, I think Aladipo is going to win Most Improved Player of the Year. Yeah. Um. You know he's been playing lights out throughout the whole year. You know I haven't I haven't really seen a, one bad game he's had. I haven't really seen one. And if there was a bad game, he still impacted the game. There was still a way something that he did that the Pacers came out and won that game because of him. That's yep. how good Victor yep. Oladipo has been playing this season. Yep, and, and that's also uh, that's what I was going to lead to uh, my next topic. The NBA awards, you have Harden as your MVP. <laughs> you yes. have Oladipo as your most improved player. You have yes. Ben Simmons as your rookie of the year. Yes. Who do you got as your defensive player of the year? Um, Defensive player of the year, Um, it's a tough one. Um, ooh. Um, probably will be again, maybe Draymond. Draymond Green. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm going to have to probably go ahead and let him say Draymond. Um, I haven't really been watching anybody else. Um, on the, I really, really defensively, but if you ask me, nobody in the NBA plays defense. The way the league is set up is for the, for every game to be a shootout. So, I mean, if you ask me, if you if you want if you want my honest opinion, you know, games that you know we've seen, for example. Last night we seen the Rockets. We seen the the the, the Trailblazers play last night. The score I want to say was what one seventeen to one thirteen. Some something around there. Yeah, back ten years ago, we wouldn't be having those type of games. And if we did, then that would be a high scoring shootout game, or maybe sometimes those games will lead into overtime games. The NBA is not the same NBA we've seen 10-plus years ago. Nobody plays defense anymore. Or when you do play defense, you get the little ticky-tack fouls. For example, James Harden gets. Or right now, we can be honest with one another. And B gets the ticky-tack fouls too. Yep. Yeah, he does. He does that, that side-arm you know? swipe, but he always does. So that's how the NBA is set up right now. The NBA is... Not a defensive NBA. I really don't know besides the Sixers. And I believe the reason why the Sixers are arguably one of the best, better defensive teams in the NBA is because we have, what, four players that are six, eight and above on on our starting five. I would say our shorter, uh, our shorter. I was, I was Simmons, and then you have Sark, Sark, Reddick. So yeah, so Reddick's the only guy that that's shorter. Yeah, so I mean, and we and if you take off the, if you look at the players off the bench, we have players like Amir Johnson, Rashawn Holmes, um, Ersan. Yep, Elias. Those are three players right there that are about well, what six eight and above, and you know. Our, we do have the little guys, but what, what do we run? Two, what, two smaller guys coming off the bench, and um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, TJ and Bellinelli. Mm-hmm. So if we run, what is that? A nine-man rotation. We only have three players, and Reddick, TJ, and Bellinelli, who are no bigger than six-six. I'm, let me let me let me rephrase that. No bigger than six five, and the rest of and the rest of our rotation is arguably six eight and above. And we have and we're in a league right now where the better teams are the teams that you know play small ball, as in the Rockets, as in the Spurs, as in the Warriors, as in the Celtics. You know, they're they're teams that really, you know, the better teams in the NBA right now play small ball. Yep, and I I completely agree. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, or are you ready to wrap this up? Uh, We can wrap this up, bro. I mean, we still got to do some more shoveling outside, so. Yep. We could definitely hit some more uh, topics later on tonight. Yep, that sounds good to me, bro. But um, hit that favorite button on Anchor and check out Swoop Radio on Instagram at Swoop Podcast underscore on YouTube. At Swoop Podcast. Uh, Swoop Radio is everywhere on iTunes, Google Play, 
podcast app, and I just recently added Overcast. It's another app on your phone that you can listen to, like radio and stuff like that. So Swoop Radio is every everywhere. Yes, hit, we're hit trying to make it everywhere, baby. Dante as well. And uh, thanks, Dante, for coming out. And you guys will see more topics later on. Anything else you want to say before we finish the recording? Uh, let's hit it off, baby. Swoop! Swoop! <laughs>